What up? Welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 355. On this episode, I'm joined by CJ Jones. Talk about the Patreon, merch shop, lingo, social media, podcast endings, music talk, mixing, beats, a bunch of other shit. Thanks for checking us out. What up? First thing I'm getting to is the people that give us money, patrons. And you could be a patron at patreon.com slash a podcast mo. You go there, give a dollar more a month, get early access to the podcast, give enough, you can be a co-producer, like my mother, uh, Graveyard Entertainment, it's your boy h2.com, and forgotten one. Not forgetting him this time. Um, also, we have a merch shop, shop.spreadshirt.com slash podcast mo. If you want your cool podcast t-shirt before it is extinct. Also, you could change a podcast mode to eight of the mo if you want a cool internet friends for a t-shirt. They look pretty nice. So uh, think about it. All right. This week, we're giving a call to CJ Jones. Uh, he's out of Missouri and uh, he makes some music. We are internet friends. And uh, so anyway, let's uh, give him. A call. Oh, uh, there it goes. It's a little clear now. Before it kind of sounded like we were losing. Yeah, Sam, I'm talking through the microphone. That's weird. Yeah, it just it was more like our internet connection wasn't great. More than your microphone oh, gotcha. connection. Um, but I think we'll be good. Um, so how's it going, man? Living the dream. I think is what the kids call it. Yeah, that's what us white folks say. Uh, yeah, I've never. I don't it's white folk for I want to kill myself. Yeah, I'm. I'm honestly. But I'm surviving. Never heard any of my minority friends say living the dream, you know, unless they were very, very uh, indoctrinated into the white culture. Yeah, that's a fair point. It's very 40 year old father type expression. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I was in college, I, I'm not going to say famous, but my friends knew I was, I liked coming up with new phrases and I would, you know, kind of made trends, you know, sort of phrases that our friend group said and shit like that. And so I was always trying to say funny shit and like, old phrases like living the dream you know like trying to always say something like in a satire sort of way um but yeah that was always the easiest is to go for old old people phrases like calling something that's where i picked up on that and it just stuck with me like it started off as a joke but i've said it so often that like i'm not even sure if it's a joke anymore right like i've i have not just rolls off the tongue so naturally i haven't succumbed to the word lit you know, like it's not a word I say or anything. Yeah. But I listen to Bill Simmons podcast. You know, he's a very famous, rich podcast guy and uh, he does a sports podcast. But his son is like a teenager. So I've noticed on his podcast, he'll he started saying lit and he sounds so fucking stupid being like a 50 year old man saying it. And I'm like, oh, God, I hope I'm never one of these people. <laughs> that is one of those. Depending on the context can just sound so cheesy. And in rap culture, obviously, that we're both kind of a part of. It gets thrown around like online Twitter and stuff. Everyone talks in the most weird English, but lit is always one of the weirdest ones. Like, especially when you're describing something that's inherently just not lit. Like, Oh yeah, this Starbucks is lit. Right. Uh, I, I guess. 
I mean, I guess I think everything is cool in a in a rhyme, you know, in a line, you know, say whatever you need to to make it rhyme. But that is different than like you using it in everyday conversation. You know? um, yeah, like just everyday speech and like a rap phrase for sure. Throw it in a song. I don't care. Right. Like one of my favorite boss songs is literally called Lit. So. But yeah, when it's just used in everyday English, like, yeah, this, this dinner is lit. This lasagna was lit tonight, mom. Yeah. I, guys, slow down. That, slow down, guys. There, Mozzie. Some of my favorite videos are uh, there's this mom who like uses all the lingo on her eight year old son. And so she'll be like, yeah. don't you think this macaroni and cheese is lit? And he gets like so pissed about it. And she's like posting on TikTok, you know, <laughs> and then she'll go sheesh. And it's like so fucking fun. Like I die laughing watching these moms uh, embarrass their kids. But I think it's because my mom embarrassed me a lot. So Literally exactly what I'm describing has went viral. Yeah. But Another the- example how I'm fucking... 10 months behind the curve always. Yeah. I mean, it'll come to Facebook soon. That's about how it works. Uh, you know, like the TikTok goes from TikTok yeah. and a couple months later it goes to Instagram because that's where my wife yeah, watches videos. Finally, Facebook reels. Yeah. And then it gets over to, to Facebook. But then on Facebook, you can't comment on it. It makes you go over to Instagram. And I'm like, you dumb fuckers. Uh, some I of them, so it's mad. hitting this on the Facebook reels. Some of them are integrated with Instagram, but some of them are Facebook native. Right. Like they'll all pop up as the same video. But then, yeah, like, 50 50 on whether you can comment which is weird yeah but i, I definitely get lost in the rabbit hole um andrew schultz who's someone i know you also listen to um yeah he had this point about tiktok that i was like oh shit that perfectly describes it um but i still love it you know because it's dumb but it's like you know the chinese apparently their children because you know they know like if it's a children watch a child watching uh it'll just show them like engineering videos and like you know shit to make yeah, them yeah smarter. i think i heard that same yeah and then yeah. like in america they're just like keep showing them the dumb dances and shit you know and it's, it's like yeah. oh that damn. i think <laughs> i think their timing over there is also restricted from like five to seven in the evening is like their designated time where they're actually allowed to be on it every other time of the day is like a blackout so right. It's like a two hour window or something to that effect. And yeah, it's like educational shit, like stuff that will actually like impact their life in a positive way. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're twerking and. But honestly, that's animal what attacks. I know this is dumb and maybe it's a libertarian in me, but the freedom should allow us to be dumb enough ourselves into extinction, you know, or whatever. Like, I get that. Yeah. I understand. Like, I'm kind of for that. Like, fuck it, you know. But yeah, it's definitely not sure. good. It's definitely not good. Uh and I just still can't watch them. You know, I don't care about the dance videos, but you know, I'll get on something where you're like, man, these are all good to me because I'm a, a music maker like yourself. I just get on these like people doing their open verse challenges. Now I've never done one because I'd get too pissed at people saying I suck or whatever, but some yep. people are just really, really good, you know? And I'm like, God damn it. Why are you wasting your time making this dumb video instead of making a song? But like to them, they're like, why are you wasting your time making a song when you could be making a dumb video? <laughs> So. Who were you talking about that with recently? Was that the Thetico's podcast? You guys were going back and forth kind of on. Well, he was saying like he's ma- he's making videos and, and things like that. And I've just like, yeah, I don't. I never know. I think I you brought to. up like on the open verse challenge, how like you'll find someone who's really awesome on the open verse. But then like a song doesn't actually exist. Or right. Like, yeah. You'll go to look them up and there's no native way on the platform, which really sucks. But. The counterpoint that it's almost good, like. It's almost like a billboard on the highway. You know what I mean? Like very few people are going to call that billboard, but it's just exposure that that brand exists. Right. To like driving down, you see some no-name lawyer you've never heard of who's local. Maybe five months down the road when you do need that lawyer, you're like, oh, fuck, that one guy, he had a billboard. 
maybe that's a shitty example, but it's like subliminal messaging, tricking your mind into thinking like, Hey, this person exists. So like in the off chance you stumble upon them several months down the road on Facebook, you're like, Oh, that's that dude from TikTok. Oh, here's his Spotify link or right. Yeah. And I think that's the issue with TikTok. You know, like we were saying then is a lot of people, you, it's hard to find them, you know, from TikTok to their Spotify where this isn't exactly the same, but I post all my beat, uh, you know, little snippets on there. And I always put the link to my beat store just in the off chance. Someone's like, I love that. And I want to buy it. You know, like they, there is some information on how they can find that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There was this one dude on TikTok I discovered a while back. Uh, His name is Harry Mack. He just goes around freestyling. He's got like a little Bluetooth speaker. He'll carry around like Venice Beach and stuff. Oh, yeah, I've seen those videos. He's one of those like three word challenge dudes, like just random people who are passing by just say some word and he integrates it in the rap. So I was following him for like months on TikTok, randomly stumbled upon a video of his on Facebook by some weird coincidence. And it happened to be on Facebook where he actually had like a link to his Spotify. I'm like, oh, shit. So. Almost like that same, like TikTok was absolutely useless. It made me a fan of the guy enough so that when I did stumble upon him on a better platform, I was able to search him. Right. Yeah. It's whack that TikTok doesn't have a better way. But apparently it can pay these people and stuff just so people are watching it. So that's cool. Like I had that Mark Ribley or however you pronounce his name, the guy who with the glasses in the bathrobe and he plays the keyboard and he's fucking amazing. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll watch the any Luke guy. Yeah, I'll watch any video that motherfucker does. Right. And then if he's on a podcast, because I was watching him on your mom's house, some others, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm all in. Like, I just love this guy, you know. So I do think it does help you, like, get to know people in some way or you feel like you know them. Uh, yeah. So I understand the benefits. I just myself, I it's going to be hard to ever produce videos. But, you know, once this podcast is over, maybe that'll happen. We'll see. Um, Never quitting. <laughs> you got the 400 deadline, but 401 is going to roll around. I don't or know. You might take a three month hiatus and be like, shit, I miss this. Right. What I mean, I I'm not going to say I you won't start friends. a new podcast or a new venture. Um, but I think one of the points you made recently really hit home and I was super impacted. It very relatable where you said like as a male, especially an adult male, it's super fucking hard to find time to interact with other males. Like, you're stuck with kind of your work friends and you might see them at work if you're lucky, depending on what type of job you have. And yeah, stuff like this is a good way of just hanging out and I'm in real life hanging out, but it's similar vibe. Right. Well, and I know the world today is live stuff, right? Like I know what I should work on next and maybe I will. I just should have. Then the reason why I do think it'll end at 400 and I mentioned this on the SoCo podcast, but like, I just felt like my wife was like ready for it to be over, you know, and then like that has to factor yeah. in somewhat. And, um, but people want to do this live stuff like a Twitch or a, a YouTube live or whatever. Maybe I could like fuck around with some beats or listen to people's music while doing some chats. Like, you know, maybe a version of this in a different way, but as like people our age, it's hard for us to tune into something live, you know? So that's why I do yeah, enjoy I never I'll download some shit and watch it two weeks later. Right. And it's like, that's what I enjoy about podcasts, but I'm also a podcast fan. Like I literally listen yeah. to like hours and hours and hours of podcasts a week. Um, about understand like not a lot of people do you know i mean i recommend amazing podcasts to people all the time that they're like fuck that so the chance that they'll listen to my podcast it's like an amateur version of all these other ones i listen yeah. to like i get it it's a hard so, ass. it's so saturated there's so much stuff out there like stuff that's no matter what your interest is there's some podcasts related to that topic so for a podcast like 
yours, which is very similar to like Rogan and a lot of the bigger name ones where there's really no, no layout. You just kind of talk wherever the conversation goes. It naturally goes, which is cool. But with you not being like off fear factor or off yeah, a famous no Netflix fame. special, right. like it's way harder to bring in. Yeah. So no. there's really just no solution for it. I feel like you can kind of grow in this small niche of Twitter. Like for sure doing the, Internet Friends series has definitely helped with your listenership, if I had to guess, at least. Hopefully, hopefully the people contributing to the album are listening. But I would say it's more um, the people that do the music episodes, you know, like through people yeah. submitting music. Some of those people became listeners, not all. You know, a lot of them never fucking listen. Um, and then through that, like I had a homie, Travis, he used to be a patron back in the day. If people remember a long time ago. And uh he always was like, you should do interviews, but I didn't have all the setup. I didn't have the audio interface to have the extra lines and shit. Yeah. And so once I did, it did make sense to just have, you know, music makers and rappers call in. And I honestly think those are some of my favorite episodes. So maybe uh, if I ever done another podcast, it'd be more focused on that because they do say you need to focus your podcast. It shouldn't be about everything like yeah. this one is, but just me personally, like anyone that listens to this know, I know a lot of random shit. I and mean, maybe not know. I like to be interested in a lot of shit, you know, and every week it could be something yeah. different that, Hey, did you, I heard about this shit this week or whatever. Right. And so, yeah, to some people that's probably annoying as fuck, but I mean, that is, it's the easiest way for me to do it. So that's what I did. Uh-huh. It sucks. Cause yeah, like you should be interested in one specific topic. Like if you do want to attract more listeners, but then when you think of the topics like you got major podcasts, like drink champs, who's, specialize in interviewing rappers but they're more so like mainstream huge artists who are kind of at the tail end of their career it seems like right like you know dudes like 50 cent or like ja rule and shit will be on drink champs then you got adam 22 his podcast is more focused on like underground dudes from like soundcloud who are kind of on the rise blown up and you just see all this stuff around you and I feel like we just get overwhelming at a point like, damn, like there's already 20 plus wide scale podcasts that do this. Right. Get thousands well, or if not millions of listeners. I think I could definitely do like an underground rap scene. Sorry, you know, like, like people yeah. I know now, but what's happened essentially doing it right. Just on the now. Wednesday episodes, just call, you know, something more yeah. music related. Uh, but what happens and I'm not trying to mean to anyone, but I don't know. Have you ever heard the there's this one called like the producer podcast there's a producer podcast that's really famous but it sucks like the interviewer sucks producers that come on there are like not charismatic they don't know how to talk in a microphone and that also happens on this podcast sometimes as you know you get these rappers they yeah they're just not you know they're not talkers you know like they're not the top they're like i oh, watch current events or whatever and that's fine but like you kind of need people that have that ability and so it would be it is hard when you get some underground rappers because like they want to do it but they expect me to like yeah. be interviewing them or some shit. And I'm like, bro, I ain't doing that. Especially when like <laughs> your only interaction with them prior to getting on the microphone is through uh, text-based platforms like Twitter, Facebook or whatever. So you really have no feel for them as a person. And then you suddenly are speaking to them for the first time. It's like, oh, this was a mistake. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I've even gotten a little less uh, into it since I've been like, we're in a 400 kind of like the, internet friends for podcast special you know i've told people like yeah Yeah. you know hit me up for this little five minute interview but i have not been pushing people at all if i don't get everyone i don't even give a fuck you know we'll get who we get you know whoever reaches out but and nothing against anybody it's just like i spend so much time caring and it gets like less listens than any of my other (laughs) podcasts so i'm just not going to worry about it yeah 
that one in particular, I feel like the only people that would not the only people I'm sure others would listen, but the primary audience would be the ones on the actual compilation because they want to hear their interview or like they want to hear Skinny's reaction or you know, right? Wouldn't It'd be a lot harder to just be an outsider looking in and dedicate two hours or more. I don't even remember how long those episodes are. I know they're this <laughs> they one, fucking drag on. This one will be super long. This one will be at least three probably if I got all the interviews because yeah. it's just so long. Um, the uh, well, the album's about an hour long, but then you factor all this stuff. Yeah, if you got. And no skin in the game. You're not associated with the album in any way. It would be really tough to like sit through all that unless you were just a diehard fan. For sure. Well, and, you know, Snappy's episodes, they have their own listeners. You know, it's hard for me to keep track yeah. of numbers, right? Because there are certain people that are like related to him or know him that like probably just listen to his episodes. And then same with all the artists that call it. You know, they I probably get a couple different listeners. Yeah, when, they'll bring in their own little fan base. Yeah. And then there's the people that do listen to all of them. And I've heard people that tell me like, I only listen to the Wednesdays or I only listen to the music or, you know, and I'm, and that's cool. You know, I don't really care one way or the other, you know, I appreciate any of the listens, yeah. but, uh, is, it is interesting. And I do think in the future, I'm going to probably go with anchor. If I started another one, um, just cause it's free, and uh, apparently it makes it simpler. You just have to do an anchor commercial at the beginning. Or and something. you can collect that ad, ad revenue. Like it's not much. I think I've, when I was doing a podcast all in all, I think I got like $8 or some shit, but I was barely pushing it. And I think I quit after like 25 episodes, if that many even. Right. But something like yours with 500 episodes, like you could probably be making some decent money off of it. I mean, I think I could even export it over you know i could just re- after this is over just re-upload it all if you have the file saved yeah one episode a day and then maybe after 400 days of me uploading one episode a day maybe i'll be ready to come back you know who knows um yeah. or if nothing else just leave anchor as your permanent home for it like if you do quit cut it from the other sources and throw it on anchor as like a if you do want to go back and listen listen here that way you can still collect some revenue off of it if you are in fact done Right. Yeah. It's not a bad idea. So things I got to think about, um, you know, the things I'm worried about on it is, of course, I just think only reason some people listen to my music is because of my podcast, you know, but I don't know if that's true. Um, but I do know I've gotten some beat sales because of people I've met through the podcast. You know, so yeah, there is it would some, certainly help for sure. So there is some like, ooh, I don't know. But honestly, I don't make very many new friends on the Internet. You know, like my growth has slowed down to almost nothing in the last year, however long. Yeah. And uh I, you know, I even try to hit up certain people that are like friendly with the, you know, the other people we're kind of friendly with on Twitter. And I'm like, Hey, would you want to call my podcast? Just get ghosted, you know? And so I'm like, you know, I think, and I am kind of mean, you know, so maybe I just had that reputation, but, um, I just kind of feel like it's, it's just in met its end, you know, in some way, like I gotta, I'm probably still going to keep making music. I'm going to just try to get weirder and weirder with it is my goal. And, uh, this will give me more time for that. Yeah, for sure. I just, that was one of the reasons I eventually had to just call it quits on my podcast. I didn't want to like I was going strong on my podcast until my youngest son was born. And then that was obviously a deterrent for it. And when he did get a little older and it did kind of free up some more time when he was a little more independent and we didn't have to keep such a tight schedule on him, like feeding, changing, all of that stuff, you know, that you would have with a newborn. And after the fact, it's like, all right, I still have X amount of free hours in the day, like if I still want to dedicate myself to this podcast, it's taken away from time I could spend producing something or writing something or recording something. So it's like this balancing act that I had to pick and choose. I'm like, all right, if I'm going to do one or the other, it's for sure going to do music and not a podcast. Right. Perfect world. I would still do both. But if I am going to have to choose music's for sure going to win. 
Yeah, I mean, for me, and I know this is going to probably sound a little arrogant, but I, I'm, not, I'm not an arrogant person, so I don't mean it that way. But like, I, I loved podcasts, I listened to them for years, decided, hey, I was going to make my own, and I did it. You know, like, I think I've successfully at least made one. You know, I don't, you don't have to like it necessarily, yeah. but I did it. Uh, same with how I was with music. And for years, I rapped, but it was different than whenever I've, after I got the podcast, like, you know what, I could make beats. And then I spent a lot of that time, you know, really learning it. And I feel like I've gotten decent in engineering. And, you know, I just feel like I'm in a place where I really can. If I put my mind to anything creatively, I can learn it. You know, like I feel confident in that ability. So I'm always also like I've always wanted to learn animation a little bit or making like fucking 16 bit video game. Like I could just take all this time and put it into something totally different that could also bring me joy. So, you know, I don't know if that's something I'm going to do or not, but it's something I think about. Like I love drawing. If I can make fucking yeah. music animated music videos to our to people's songs, how cool that fucking be, you know? So yeah, and there's definitely a market for that also. Right. So it is things I wonder, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, but the sky is the limit, as I say. And I, I'm in very similar shoes in that regard, like the producing, the podcasting, recording, mixing, all that stuff. For a portion of time, for like probably two years, I was trying to market myself as like a graphic designer, but it was just so exhausting trying to get clients for that and then dealing with how picky people were. And usually I was charging like $20 at a time. Eventually, just kind of decide like, all right, this is not worth it. It's I was taking up way more time than anything because I'd spend like three hours working on some of these logos or something only for it to be picked apart and like, oh, well, I don't like that font or like, hey, could you change this thing around or it's like as much as I complained about how much time music takes like that shit took way longer. Oh, and like I said, there's only X amount of hours in the day. So that was another kind of project I had to throw to the side. And about a year ago, I kind of started dabbling in video editing attempting to do vlogs but just ran into similar issue not only were they not interesting but it was just sucking time out of the day and i'm like is this really is this going to do anything towards my goals of getting my music out there probably not so like what the fuck am i doing really right yeah and it and you don't know until you know you know i mean again and i also don't think there's one answer for everybody so if anyone's listening to this yeah. one, like i think this would be great for it. i'm like yeah it could be like your personality. If you have time, do everything you have time for, honestly. Right. All of it will help. Like when the podcast is going to trickle in some people to your music, selling your beats is going to trickle in people to your music. In the event you start doing these animated music videos in a roundabout way, that's going to trickle people in. Like it's all these various funnels that lead to you. So sure. Naturally it's going to help. But yeah. If anyone out there is listening, if you do have time, like, if you're not married, don't have kids, like spend all your fucking time doing something that is beneficial to you. Right. I agree. And that doesn't even mean always being uh, in the creative mode. Like I know for me right now, um, you know, I have 19 songs on Internet Friends four, and then I also have 13 finished songs on another album that's going to be called Good Enough. And then I have another two more songs I'm working on, one of which already has a hook and a premise that I just I'm waiting on the feature to give me their verse back and then I'll wrap mine. And then I have another beat I really want to use, but I am kind of out of gas. You know, I feel like with that many songs unreleased that I have, it's yeah. like everything I write, I'm like, I have a verse like this and a song that's about to come, you know, yep. I don't know. I just feel like it's so hard. But then again, <clears throat> I kind of enjoy that pressure. You know, like I really want to finish this last one. I sampled it off this 
uh, fucking vinyl that I bought that I just, every time I listen to it, it just sounds so soulful. And I'm like, God damn it. I got to do something, but I have nothing, you know, I can just sit there with a fucking blank mind for weeks. Like, I don't know at all what I'm going to yep. do with this. I for sure relate. Honestly, for you, like the whole premise of the internet friends projects where you're getting songs that are partially finished by someone else. I feel like that would be a dream come true for me. Like someone yeah. else lays out a hook. So there's already like some thematic elements laid out in advance and I can just go and like, all right, well they're writing about heartbreak and about this and that. All right, bam, I'm in the zone. I can tune into that frequency or yeah. Versus just hearing a beat and like coming up with something out of nothing. And that is the most exhausting part for me when it comes to coming up with a lyrical structure to begin brainstorming off of. Right. Yeah. Well, on internet friends, I will say it is definitely easy for me that way. Like uh, when I first started internet rapping back on the SoundClick days, I loved doing collabs because it was just an open verse. The song was basically done. You know, this is me creating that for myself. Um, and so I do agree. But sometimes you get yeah. songs that are like, God damn it. I don't want to write about that at all. Or I don't relate to this at all. Yeah. Like, so that does happen. And then that is its own struggle. But it's still fun. You know, you're flexing the muscle there or whatever. Um, but yeah, with good enough, I've almost all of them. I freestyled the hooks or at least somewhat like I just kept listening. So I heard the hook and it kind of just came to me, you know, like I just felt like I needed to flow more because I'm not the best at hooks. You know, that is probably my weeks, my weak spot, I think. And so I was just like, I'm going to do some try to be more catchy, just like some of them don't even really make sense necessarily. One of them is a tweet. I wrote a tweet a few months ago maybe like six months ago now that I put, and I, I meant this in like a philosophical way of, I don't, I'm not good at rapping fast, but sometimes I write it that way. That was like my whole tweet, right? Because, and and I, and I sometimes I just get those philosophical moods. I was like, ooh, this is deep, you know? And then yeah. s- someone wrote like, is that a lyric? And I was like, it is now. And so I made that a hook, you know? So that wasn't yeah. a freestyle, but that was like the start of a hook, you know? So, um, I really try to be really super creative and I was really fucking killing it for a while. It's just, I've come here at the end and I've just run out of the creative juices. Yeah. I feel like once you actually get it out there, like it's already submitted. Right. So once it actually is released, I feel like that's a major weight off your shoulders and like, all right, let's move along. Well, and like I told we can do here. Soko last week, you know, I've just been kind of depressed lately, you know, and I go through those waves, so I don't try to make too much of a big deal about it. But I also always get a little bit of depression just after I upload an album, you know, so like I upload Internet Friends 4 and then you just kind of feel like this emptiness, especially when you've been like mixing it every day for however long, you know, you it's just Uh so part of your day to day. My work here is done. Here comes the part where I cross my fingers that people have a good reaction. That is by far the worst part. The first time I listened to it after I uploaded it, I was like, and this level's off of this level. You know, it's just like, God damn it. Yep. Every time. But there's nothing you can do. And then, like I said, I'm two songs away from a whole other album being done. So I'm like, well, I need to get this done and get that little bout out the way. And then I'm really going to try to read some more. Um, I've been trying to force myself to play some video games um, and just I need to absorb stuff. You know, you can't just. You, yeah. can't, you can't make music every day and then expect to be able to come up with lyrics. You know, you do yeah, have to. Unless like, you're just really, really going through it in life. Like, right. <laughs> if bad shit is happening to you left and right, for sure, there's some inspiration there. But yeah, if you're just kind of on autopilot cruising through life, like you do need that outside information or inspiration rather. Right. I'll watch a movie or something on Netflix. It'll hit me the right way. Like, oh, damn, I got to write something like that was powerful. 
it's kind of like lifting weights. I you know I'm not a big weightlifter. Maybe I should be, uh, but I, I did a course when I was young. Uh, but I know you work kind of. But it's like you need the resistance, right, to build the strength. But like uh, what yeah. what we do, or at least what I did in my life, is I like I try to get to where I was content. You know, you try to get rid of all resistance in your life so that everything's as smooth as possible. And then that's great. But then you do that. Like I had like since COVID started, right? Like I've gotten this like just fucking schedule where it's all pretty, you know, everything's pretty easy, you know? And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I don't have anything to make music about because Mm -hmm. all I do is make music. So what am I going to do when yeah. those fucking losers that just make songs about making songs? And we've all done it, yeah. but you're like, no yeah. one gives a fuck, bro. Yo, I'm so hot on the mic. That's how I'm rapping like. Yeah. And uh, I just, and I try to remind myself, I really wish I could get out of my head. Some of you mentioned earlier, uh, be like kind of getting on these songs. Like I really try to be real quote unquote on my songs, right? Like it's like my persona is not created. It is uh me you know i rap about experiences i had or something very very close you know and so i really wish i could get into a mode of being more of like a songwriter where it's like it doesn't have to be personal you know like that is something i really in the future i'm gonna try really hard to work on because i wish i could just hear a fun beat and be like let's make a fun dumb song not be like wait did i really hit the dab rig like that oh let me do that you know like (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) like i get so caught up on it's wild too because rap is one of the few genres where that seems to be a barrier right any other song you can just write about nonsense like you can write about being the wife of someone who lost a guy in world war ii as a man the dixie chicks killed a a folk song or something (laughs) but like for whatever reason when you're rapping it like it almost side there's a few exceptions to that but for the most part most of it is real like there's a few storytelling raps that aren't real you know like uh fuck like stan for instance the eminem stan like some of the joiner lucas songs where they're like storytelling right from almost like a third person perspective right i mean but all those are at least presented like they're real at least like the old eminem stuff right because it was professional wrestling yeah. or whatever um and I think maybe that's just what tricked us. You know, they were like, oh, we got to sell the lifestyle. And we bought it uh, because I just remember I cared a great deal when I was a kid about if people had ghost riders and certain people still do care. And I I want to know, I guess, you know, I guess if, if that makes yeah. sense. But um, I don't have as much of a hate as I used to. I used to like fucking hate it. But right now I could just pick up anybody's lyrics and rap it. You know, like that wouldn't be that hard. So there is a part of me. that's like. Well, there is a skill also, though, in the voice and the delivery. You know, like there is a part of it. So, uh, yeah, tough world. But yeah, rap is so much different than the other genres and or even like the amount of words you have to write. Like if you look at all the words and like your favorite pop song or even not even like modern pop, like, you know, one from back in the day where it's like a well-written song. It's like one verse. Right. And, and then there's like, a short paragraph. Yeah. And that's like all it is. And they just repeat different parts of it and shit. But like a rap song is like two whole paragraphs and that's in this two verse era you know and people used to say like two verses aren't a song you gotta have three but we have at least settled that two's fine now um but even like two songs is like yeah two huge paragraphs they gotta be intricate they have wordplay they have all this shit and then if they can tie into the hook when it comes in in this cool way every you know that's bonus points and shit and you know that is a thing but that's also really just like hip-hop heads because there's this whole other side that they don't give a fuck about any of you can say the same word over and over as long as the beat's dope enough you know like that's really what matters that is for sure one of those patterns i recognize because i've always rapped and like wrote raps for fun but like back when i was in high school doing it was more like 
not seriously whatsoever. It's just writing shit that sounded cool, but it was just, I would never share with anyone. It was just more for fun type stuff. But when I started playing guitar and writing more guitar driven songs or like rock style songs, the lyric structure is way more simplistic. Like you can say way less and it seems to be more powerful, especially when you start dealing with like metaphors and stuff. You could just say one open-ended line that the audience might not even know what you're talking about, but three, four lines on the road, like, well, maybe this is about this. Maybe this is about that based on these other lines. Like there's a lot more guessing involved where hip hop seems to be more straightforward, black and white. Like this is exactly what I'm saying. I'm speaking it how I would. I'm just making it sound good. And seems to be way more straightforward, less metaphor and wondering going on, I guess. Right. Like once again, there are exceptions to that rule for sure, but down the board, it seems that that's the case. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. So you touched on a couple of things that'd be perfect. Um, let's you know, make sure we touch on your music you're working on before you, you know, your deadline comes up here. Um, I know you're working on a rock ish album. So how's that coming along? Uh, it's getting there. I've got one song that's 95% done. Another one, the instrumentation is done. I've got a few more that I've written and just need to dive in and start laying some stuff down. So it should come relatively quick. But one that's completely finished. I really am liking the way it sounds. Yeah. And I'm I'm happy that I was able to like kind of envision what I was going for along the sounds of a band. And I wasn't super confident it was going to sound the way I wanted it to just because I haven't produced that exact style of music ever. Right. I've played it my whole life, but far as actually me being behind the scenes producing it and making it come to life i was impressed so yeah liking it mixing different genres i think is a whole other thing uh you know each one's different and then also each person is gonna have their own preferences and that's mixing in general uh you yeah. know like, like i always think something kind of i don't know if it holds me back to our word but i think i just mix different than other hip-hop people maybe or something like maybe something's just slightly off and uh, you know, I would think the same about rock. You know, uh, I've had someone send me some stuff that's more rock leaning the mix, and I'm just like, let's make it clear, and that's not what they wanted. You know, like they wanted it. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah, I know like there the are reverb oriented vocals versus like borderline dry vocals. Like there's stuff going on with them, but hearing it without all the ear training, you would think it was just completely fresh off the mic. Right. Yeah, and it's uh. It is different. So, I mean, that's, I think, got to be fun. But also, I think with rock, the vocals are less important, which I think would make it kind of easier in a way. Because, like, that, what sucks, for instance, about mixing Internet Friends albums is that everyone's vocals are slightly different, you know, but I'm trying to make a cohesive project that kind of also all yeah, sounds good together. To sound like it kind of belongs. Yeah, and so... You know, that's a hard thing, but also vocals are the like, the most important part of rap songs. And so you're like, you want those to sound good because when they don't, like, you really, yeah. really notice. But like in a rock song, you can just throw on a fucking distortion effect. And guess what? That's the vibe of the song. And I do that on rap songs. Yeah, you yeah. know, like that's a shit. I, that's what my cheat codes too. But, you know, you can do that more easily on a rock song and be like, yeah, man, that's just the vibe they're going for. Well, it's tough. Like even as someone who's a fan of both styles of music, like myself, even rock songs, there's subtle variations in the way they're mixed that if you're not a huge fan of the genre, you wouldn't necessarily pick on, pick up on. Almost similar to hip hop, like there's the Post Malone style of like recording vocals. And then there's like East Coast hip hop where it's mostly dry because they're just rapping and it sounds super clean. Or you got, you know, like the more auto tune, little peep style stuff going on. And 
even in one genre, there's like a thousand different ways of making it stand out and sound weird. Right. Yeah. With rock, it almost seemed like it'd be straightforward. Like, oh, the vocals are going to sound like this. When I was really doing my homework and like listening to songs that I think I wanted my stuff to sound like or at least vibe in the same category as started to notice a lot of distinct differences in the vocals. Like, oh, these ones are way, way more upfront and center, like in your face. And these ones are like a little more reverby in the background and sounds more live almost. Right. Yeah. Just subtle nuances like that. that just drive you nuts. Yeah. And honestly, when you start mixing and producing music and all that, music is ruined. You know, I hate to say it. So if anyone's out 100%. there, 100 percent, I mean, it's not ruined because when you find something good, it, it it is better. You know, I think like the, you raise the ceiling a lot for whenever you do find something amazing. You're like, you can appreciate it in ways that other yeah. people probably could. Like, how did they get that sound to come through so clean? How? But it also analyzing ruined songs that you probably would have loved otherwise. You know, mm-hmm. so that that does happen. That, that's the risk you run. Um, you I know, know about you, but every now and then I'll stumble upon some song I was a huge fan of, like fifteen years ago or so. Like in my mind back then, it was like perfection. I'll listen to it now. It's like Jesus, this sounds so awful. Like how how was this even able to get released sounding like this? Right. Yeah. There's a lot of hip hop song. Like the beats were not very good. I mean, I think. I think like the Tribe Called Quest, Wu-Tang sort of New York stuff beats were pretty good. Um, I think the Diddy era of beats people thought were good that Biggie was rapping on and they weren't bad, but that's because the samples were good. Right. But like the 808s yeah. weren't good and the drums, I don't think were all that great. Like, uh, And then after that, it got into uh, like the Nelly era. Like some of those beats are mixed horrible when you go back and listen or Eminem's uh-huh. beats. You're like, what the fuck? And it, Dr. Dre's like the best, but like what were they on in the early 2000s, you know, on these beats? And then like D4L came out with like the fucking, you know, stereotypical oh, FL studio <laughs> beats that everyone <laughs> hated on. Um, it was only, and this is super random, but you mentioned your rock album. And I have a song actually on my go-to playlist that I heard that came on the day. I was like, you know what? I could see CJ doing something like this on his rock shit. So let me find it and tell you. It's this, uh, someone actually found on TikTok. goes by the name of Christian Gates. Um, and I bet I'm like a fucking, you know, a poser for liking it. Um, God, damn, I think it's called all out of love or out of love or run out of love. Here it is. And the S's are money signs. Cause he's cool like that. So Christian Gates with money signs. And it, it, it's a song in which like the whole first, it's like, he does a verse, but it's like almost all acapella, you know, very minimal. Maybe there's some drums, yeah. but then like a minute and then all the guitars rush in, you know, like all at once. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was pretty cool. Like, that's a fun production trick, you know, that you don't see too yeah. often, like waiting that long for a beat to come in. Pretty cool. I love stuff like that. Or like doing the entire first verse with no drums. Like you don't even realize there's not drums until the drums actually kick in. You're like, Oh shit. Were those not going the whole time? Right. Well, I, and it depends. Uh, some people can't do this. You know, I, I kind of pride myself in my delivery. I think I, I do some cool shit sometimes and I don't care what BPM anything is, right? Like, I've said this before, like I can take pretty much any verse, any BPM, and we'll make it work. You know, like I'll do some weird chill with my voice yeah. and we'll figure it out. And I know some people are very like particular on that. Um, but when I love when drums aren't there because you you have so much freedom. And I never realized yeah. that, that, right? Like I never realized I love that until I started making more beats in which like the second half of the beat, there's no drums or you know, a certain spot. And you're like, oh, you can do so much fun shit when there's like there's just no drums there. 
<laughs> but you need a, yeah, that or course. even when the drums are there a lot of times i'll remove them in post-production so it gives it that cool effect right yeah um definitely do that different vibe because you're still like on beat that way versus what you were talking about where it's like kind of creative freedom where you don't you're not necessarily confined to that beat like obviously you can't go completely crazy you got to be somewhat <laughs> musical with it still but you're not as reliant of like falling the syllables exactly where that snare would be or right exactly where that kick would be and I, I have something that happened to me with uh, the two pretentious remake as I went back to listen to all those old beats and I had all these kick rolls and I just thought they were so cool. And it's just something I hadn't been doing right in years. And so I have been trying to incorporate them like at the end of a, a four bar thing or whatever, you know, I'll do some weird kick rolls. I have it on a song on Internet Friends 4 with uh, Brad and H2. And it kind of stands out as like, this is so fucking weird. But I don't know. There is something cool about it because you don't hear it in hip hop too much. So um, sometimes you just got to try weird shit as well. That is one thing in regards to you talking about drums and messing with that. This rock album has been super fascinating for me in dealing with the drum aspect. It's normally like when I'm producing hip hop tracks, it's pretty standard drums. I'll make one, maybe two basic drum beats and kind of fill them in here and there as the song progresses. Remove parts, add parts, etc. But the most part, the drum is going to be pretty much the same beat throughout the whole song, just certain aspects of it missing. Whereas on this rock thing, like almost every measure is like a new drum loop or new variations of it coming in. Like the choruses match, obviously some of the verses are similar, obviously like the main structures of the song, you kind of need to match, but some of the fills and stuff and like every 10 seconds alternating the drums. And it's been a really cool adventure, like messing with the MIDI files on that and mixing and matching, seeing how I can make it sound cooler right like i was just kind of sleeping on how much the drums can really carry a song if the drums are stagnant the song's going to be boring meanwhile if you change the drums during certain intervals like it brings a whole new life to a mix right when that's something hip-hop like some songs incorporate but for the most part hip-hop is pretty cut and dry when it comes to the drums yeah, it depends. I, I like to think I like to switch mine up every, um, you know, four to eight bars or whatever. I like to have some change in there. Like I don't typically do like one drum loop the whole time and I also make my own every time. I know that some people like to drop in rather ones they've made before or other pre-made ones. And I just feel like this. Yeah, one, I like to make my own. Yeah, I just like, well, I'm going to choose the sounds and I'll lay them out here. You know, like I might have like a guide over like, you know, like I have some loops I drop in to hear what that would sound like. And then I go back and I like make them myself or something. Um but I, I, something that I've come across that I really like is I love uh, switching out the bass or the 808. You know, like I don't always use 808s, but just for whichever you want to think of, or maybe one and then the other. But having it where like halfway during a verse, like the bass switches to a different bass guitar or an 808 to a different 808 or from a bass to an 808, it always, uh, it can add a lot, you know, with doing nothing, just doing that. You know, like, like, yeah, exact same drums. It's just that's different. Or sometimes like a, a cheat I will do on some like cypher type beats. If I'm just trying to throw some shit together real quick, you know, like you'll do like I have like all these fucking MIDI files or like way too many. And I might find like some of just a real basic chord progression, uh, you know, and whatever. Let's say it's like F minor. And then I'll go find some other shit in F minor. I didn't lay it over a different instrument, but then copy that second one over like four different instruments and just have different instruments come in through the song doing the same yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. you know, and it's like. It's so simple and it's kind of cheating in a way. But when you're listening, you're like, it just fucking works. You know, it's like, why be, uh, why get too crazy? Why I do a lot of that stuff. Like 
have a song where like a guitar melody is playing for the verse and then like towards the end of the song when maybe cut the drums and that same guitar melody is now on piano and it's like a more silent section and the exact same midi notes but different instrument right exactly create a whole different vibe yeah i'm a big fan of that and then it's not that i've talked about forever on this podcast but i a long time ago when i first started making beats I have found this website that just had all these old video game minis. So I went and found like all my old favorite video games, like Ogre Battle and some Final Fantasies and just, you know, shit I remember love playing. And I downloaded all the MIDI files from these games. So now if I'm just ever really bored, I just drag and drop one of these old video game MIDI files on a piano. And then I'll just like force it to be an F minor or whatever. And then I'll just listen to it and cut out like, you know, a four or eight bar loop, something that sounds kind of cool. And then all of a sudden like that's my melody, right? And it, that's awesome. It's just like a fun little cheat code that really requires not a whole lot of work. And then it's kind of something to start on, you know, and you're like, oh, that's cool. Especially something like that. You could slow it down to half time and yeah. maybe add a couple of notes here and there and like completely indistinguishable from the original sound. But still, everything's obviously still going to be in key and right. a different vibe. Yeah. And you got you got to always try a half time every time. You never know what you're missing. You know, you got to f- check it out. Um, at least that's what I said. Lately, since I discovered it, I'm a sucker for reversing audio. Yeah. Such a dope trick. Especially when you learn, like, you can snip and cut certain parts of the reversed audio and kind of paste it in a way where the chord progression is still the exact same chord progression it would have been, just each section of chord is in reverse, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I mean, on your song, All Bad that there's a big reversal section. That's like the best part of the song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I definitely, I go in whenever I remember to do it. I'm always like, that's really cool, but I always get scared. I'm going to do it too much. So, you know, like I, I don't do it every time, but it is something that can definitely come in handy or just those reverse. I feel like it's one of those things to another producer's ear. They would pick up that you're doing it too much, but for the average listener, they probably don't even know what's going on when they hear that. Like, Before I discovered that feature, I would hear that in a ton of songs, but I didn't know what it was. I just thought it was some sort of weird swelling effect. Right. And yeah. like I was oblivious to the fact that that was just the same melody, but backwards. And the way I learned, there's this, I can't remember his name at the moment. And I, people get mad at sample snitching in the producer community. I think it's dope as fuck. Cause I want to know, you know, I'm new enough that I don't really care. Um, but you know, yeah. there's this guy who collects like the, you know, the most famous hip hop songs that have samples and he shows you the sample and then what the song became. And there was this one ASAP Rocky song that, you know, it was, you would have never been able to know what the fuck it was, you know, unless you played it in reverse and all that shit. But like, it just sounded so good that now I hear it all the time, you know, in samples, you're like, Oh, they just sampled something and they reversed it, you know? heard something else fascinating like that in uh one of the j cole songs uh i don't know if you've heard neighbors uh yeah like the neighbors think i'm selling dope. well like the main audio in that song is actually a reversal of one of his other popular songs that was released before that like on a previous album and it's just slightly slowed down and in reverse and whenever the dude on the youtube video was showing the two i'm like oh how how would i never pick on up on that because like now that i hear it i can't not hear it but yeah, what, it's crazy how you can sample one of your own songs and make a new song out of it and no one even notices. Yeah, I when I was first making beats, I had the YouTube or the Facebook lady voice. Uh, you can put like how your name's pronounced. And I got like real into that one day because uh, they they just weren't pronouncing my name correctly. Like my first name is Aaron and I pronounce like that air, like air, like that you breathe. And then like un, 
like you win. You know, that's more or less the way I pronounce. So I wanted to get that phonetically correct for my, the Facebook app for some fucking reason. And so I was fucking with it one day and then I recorded that sound and then I reversed it. And then I made a whole beat out of my name in reverse. And I thought it was very good, you know, but I was also like a year into making beats. So it probably really wasn't that good, but yeah, you can always do fun shit, you know, and that it's your boy H2 sent me a sample the other day and asked if I could make a beat out of it. It was like some people in his town chanting, and, uh, you know, within like an hour, less than an hour, I had him a beat back, you know, so uh, when you get good, you can find these grooves and the samples, you know, it is really fucking fun. Like, it's one of my favorite things to do. Oh, yeah. But one of my favorite songs that is on the Young Icarus Project, it was from your sample flip challenge. It was that Tiger King soundtrack. Yeah. And almost everyone else who used that, it was still sort of recognizable to the Tiger King. They just threw some drums in, but like. It got downtuned it it did some weird shit to it like where it was unrecognizable chopped bits and pieces up kind of merged them flipped them around and it ended up being that song with little b and you would never guess that that was the tiger king theme and it's such a weird sounding beat like i can't place like what the hell's going on with the melody and i just still love that so much right one of the cooler productions i've been a part of i think yeah, the producer challenges were pretty dope. You know, they got no listens, but they were fun while they lasted. You got a couple cool beats out of that. That's the only one I've used so far, though. Right. For whatever reason. Yeah, I think the, the reason I had to quit that is I made like a melody pack with, you know, like however many melodies. And then like nobody made beats. And I was like, God damn it. I'm not wasting my time with this shit. Why did I do this? <laughs> I could have made 10 beats with those, you know. And like, honestly, shout out people who send melody loot packs and shit because... I don't understand how you could make a melody that's so dope. And then you're like, and now I won't touch it. Now, now I'm going to send yeah, it I out always to other the best people for myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say even, even like the latest melody I sent to you, I end up flipping and using for one of the rock songs, like different guitar effects and stuff. So it's unrecognizable for the most part, but it was like, I'd like this too much to just not use it. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't keep necessarily. I don't get people's mentality in regards to that. Maybe I'm just not creative enough. Like, maybe they're confident enough to know, like, oh, I'll just come up with two thousand more of these. This one I won't miss. But in my mind, if I come up with something good, I'm like, I don't know where that came from. It wasn't me. Like, I'm not good enough to make that. That was some weird accident. I gotta hang on to this. Right. Yeah. I mean, I had those thoughts. Some like a lot of beats I make. Um, for instance, like I sent you one that I'm going to put in our folder because me and you're eventually making some shit. But I, Brad also has so Brad will have to be on it. And it, I label mine with like numbers and shift people and letters. People don't know. So this one's called BE7. And it just sounds so good. And immediately when I made it, I was like, this is so good. I have to use it. You know, like I can't do anything else with it. And so like that, you know, that was that going to be that four horsemen? Yeah, we I've scrapped it for now. And yeah, we'll yeah. Do I like that a it. lot. Yeah, but the beat's so good that I'm like, well, we got to do something. Like, it's just too good. Um, But there's other times where I think a beat's very good, but I know instantly, like, but I don't think I would fit on this. So, like, then it goes yeah. to my store, or rather it goes to somebody. And, uh, you know, so I think I do have this idea, but I also don't just make beats for myself. You know, like, I just make beats, and then after the fact, I kind of browse through my own wares. Um, And even now, I don't have hardly i have one beat left what i mentioned earlier that i still want to do uh, but no i don't have any other beats saved and put back for just me and what i've done is i've been going back into my store and i update all my old beats i remixed them to be a little better and i've just been marking which ones i might want to go back and steal from myself so i'll just have my beat in my store for now if someone wants to buy them that's great if they buy them i won't use it but you know if they're just gonna sit there then fuck 
it. I'm going to go steal a couple of them. You know, that's kind of my mentality. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've gotten so stale on. I don't even remember the last time I made a beat. Been dabbling with production now with the rock album, but like it's hardly even same thing as making beat. Like the only thing even similar to that is MIDI drums I've been throwing together for it, but everything else is like live recorded instrumentation type stuff. So like I've gotten so spoiled over the past God, maybe year whenever I first started working on the dark hours when you sent me that pack. That was right. probably what a year ago? Oh uh, yeah, pretty close. Yeah, so, I know it was last year sometime. Yeah, like I was spoiled in that regard, just right into a bunch of stuff you made. And then you sent me and Soko that pack. So I've been working on a lot of stuff out of those. Like I don't even know if I'm capable of making a beat at this point. Yeah, I need y'all gotta get Brad and It's Your Boy H2 each on a song on that. And then we gotta get you on Brad and H2's album. So let's put that away. Actually, in your I hat. sent you and Brad one in our little group chat that I think yeah be a good fit for brad maybe you also or h2 we'll just do a whole thing out of it i don't know right well and i mentioned actually on the last pod how we had this group chat and it's because i have to uninstall twitter and reinstall it for me and you to dm each other because it for some reason won't load our our dms but uh if i group chat with you and brad it goes through just fine so brad just gets to get involved in all of our yeah, chatters piggybacks <laughs> on it yeah so that's how that works um but yeah you know, eventually we'll get all this shit done. I'm gl- a lot of music getting made, you know, a lot of music's getting made and coming out. And I think it's be really good. You know, I've mentioned you this before and I'm so I know you get it, but just like that whole, like you've uploaded the songs, you think there's some that are really good. There's going to be, you know, I think there's some really good verses in there. I think your song, no punchlines is very catchy. I think, uh, you know, that could be like a little hit, you know, like a little pop hit, if you will, like it's kind of chill. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of good shit on there, but you know, three months from now, it'll be like, yeah, that was a thing that happened and there were some cool, you know, and it'll be like nothing, you know, like, so there is this sort of like, I know it sucks. That's the worst part. Like I'll get so, so stoked about some song I released. Like, yes, this is the best thing I've ever touched. And then I've got five of those now that I haven't listened to in so long, like from previous projects. And at one point that was like, yes, this is, this is that song I'm going to be remembered by. Right. Whatever the delusion is at that current state of time, <laughs> just how quickly you forgot about well like internet friends one uh i really like um there's a song there called ain't worth my energy right and i just yeah yeah. that was my favorite beat i made forever you know i just love that beat i just thought it was so good and then that dude bernard wilson i thought he did really good and i thought i did okay um but i knew my mixing on my mic wasn't good because i was still my old microphones and uh you know, I knew it wasn't great, but I always loved that beat. And then there's a few other songs in that friends ones where like there's some potential, but it kind of is that good. Right. And then like uh, two different people gets made of mine. and It's my favorite song. Right. I'm like, oh, it's so good. But now I go back and listen to it. And I'm like, oh, you know, like the mixing's not there. Maybe Doesn't I quite can... hold up to the new standard. Right. And you're like, God damn it. I remember when this one was like my best one, you know, so it is cool to make new best ones. Um, but there is also this like, man, I kind of want to remake all this, you know, but I know it's like such a stupid oh, yeah, idea. Yeah, I dry myself nuts with that. Yeah. I've I've told you this before. I feel like you and I are both at this point now where that technically shouldn't be an issue. I feel like our mixing is at least at a quality now where even a year from now, I don't foresee us looking back and being like, damn, I could have mixed that way better. Right. I, I know I mentioned, you know, before. like, I feel like our mixing is at that baseline level where like, it's going to be good enough. It's up to us to make a song that's good enough to match the mixing, obviously. But 
I finally feel like I've reached that point where I'm not going to look back and be like, damn, those vocals suck or like that wasn't mixed well. Because for a long time, every six months, I was looking back with those thoughts. Right. But each new release is like a little further from that. Well, and with Portrait, I know I before, I, I kind of think my vocals are a little loud. But again, that's it's also this world of like uh, they normalize everything, right? And like the streaming services. And so like. Yeah, it's hard to even tell. It's kind of hard to tell. And like, I know I always put a little more bass than like a, a modern song, but I know some of my friends personally have systems and they like that, you know? So I'm like, yeah, let's turn that bass up just a little bit. Um, but I understand yeah. that's like going to make it not sound as loud in the high end because of the way the squashing of the whole thing works. Is it funny you even say that? Because on a lot of the beats you've sent me, I have did like a low cut, like six decibels or so on some of those bass heavy frequencies. And just a few things like that. I'm like, damn, these are like they sound decent in my headphones, but then while I get in the car, I'm like, oh shit, this is too much. And it might be whatever mastering settings I have on. Also, I'm right. like, I gotta cut some of this. Well, it happens to me too. Here. Like I you know, I have these really good monitoring uh speakers or whatever, but I, I kind of aim at it in general at like a negative nine decibels, probably on my base, uh, whenever I'm doing it. And then of course there's things like things go up and down in, in the process, you know, you just mix and you're yeah, yeah. adjusting shit. Uh, but yeah, you'll go to the car and all of a sudden you're like, Holy fuck, it's drowning everything out. But like, I didn't hear that <laughs> at all on these because I don't have a woofer in my, you know, where I make beats and that's what I, I really need to get one and probably, uh, so I'm aware of some of that stuff, but yeah, that definitely sneaks up on me too. But some people like it. So, you know, it is what it is. And also as a producer, it's kind of cool to have something that's a little inconvenient. So maybe you guys will buy the stems, you know, you're like, Hey, you well, could, and like, you could get the stems and change recognize it. Like if you know, it's too loud, like it's an easy, like I said, I could kind of recognize that the bass was slightly off easy, super easy adjustment. So people aren't making that adjustment or like you said, some people just like it like that. Right. It well, might just not be accustomed to it. Cause most of my stuff is not super bass heavy. Well, something I've been trying to do lately, um, because I think it's a very hip hop thing and it is very cool. I had one song, Internet Friends 3, like this with Mikey Lax, where there is no melody, right? Like the melody is the 808. Like that's, you know, it's 808 and drums. And so me and MT have one called Big on Big on this next album. And I think it's really good. But when mixing that compared to the others, I had to be like, well, the bass should be a little louder because there's no melody. You know, like, I don't know. It was like a weird yeah, one like to kind of kind of the point of this one. Yeah. I was trying to think and I was like, well, maybe the vocal should have more reverb and that's part of the melody. Like, I don't know. I was like just trying to figure it out. And I think it turned out good, you know, but it does. It's a different mix than the other stuff, you know, because it's it just is. Yeah. But it, it is fun. I, I think I will say for anyone out there that want to think, you know, don't steal the Internet Friends name. But I, I mean, I recommend if there is another producer rapper out there, it it's fun. Uh, it's a fun project. I mean, it is stressful as well, but you get a lot of experience with mixing. Like I could probably charge people to mix and engineer some stuff. I haven't, but you know, I could maybe do that these days. But yeah, for sure. At this point, four albums deep on that. Right. Cause you know, like, I've gotten some practice and then, uh, you know, internet friends three, I'd use samples from people where they made some melodies and, you know, I'd, I'd put some drums on it, but this one was all me on all the production. Um, and I think it's really fucking good. You know, like I do think, uh, not to be too cocky, but I just feel like my beats have like, they're pretty consistent these days. Or I'm like, man, I don't know. They're all pretty fucking good. Um, but I thought that also years ago when they weren't. So it could just be the bias <laughs> of the moment. I'm a fan. Everything you've sent me, I've definitely liked. Like I said, it's also made me lazy at making beats because I'm like, shit, he's sending me these. I've got a bunch of stuff sitting around that I can write to. 
and they're interesting enough that I can write something cool to it. So why the fuck would I sit around and make something right now? Right. And I think maybe that might be my next step. Maybe I should try to find some producers to work with, you know, for other people to make me beats. Um, but at this point, I've gone so long of just using my own shit that it's like, it's just so easy, you know. For the way. longest time, that was like my biggest badge of honor that no one else really cared about. Like, yeah, I make all of my own songs from the ground up from scratch. But as this went on, like, I thought I was just going to continue on that path. But as I started using other people's beats, like you, a couple of other dudes have sent me beats in the past. And it is nice to just kind of be lazy in that regard. I might do some arranging up some segments and stretching out some segments here and there just to make stuff fit or for creative purposes. But just having something that's already pre-made waiting for you to spark some ideas is so much. I like it a lot. Right. Well, and people I send beats to, um, it's not like I'm just sending y'all a random beat. Like anytime I've ever sent someone an email of like, Hey, this beat is free. You know, I just want some percentages if you want it, you know, that's more or less how it goes. And it's because right. I can imagine you on that beat you know whatever that scenario happens like and some people are like no i don't think this beats me at all and then like they don't want that's fine it just goes to my story and no hard feelings but that's generally what it is it's not like i'm just gonna send you like random beats i'm like hey i think this sounds like a cj beat and right now i have a folder i think it's got about six or seven beats Uh, a couple have your guitars you know we use as samples but and honestly a couple were just ones i really want but I went ahead and just put in there in case you also liked them, you know? So, you know, I have yeah. some beats where, you know, we'll try to work on a project, I think towards the end of the year. And, um, we, you know, we'll, we'll just see how it goes. Um, but I'm in a weird spot where I'm at the end of these albums and I need to make beats, but I'm also like, I don't know, like, you know, you go through your creative waves, you know, and it's kind of hard to start. I feel yeah. like everything I do is so the same thing, right? Like I just, I find like some shitty sounding instrument on Secura and then I find a good quality version of that instrument on a different VST and then I like layer them and then I, you know, I got, I just have these certain things I do to start off to kind of get my rhythm going. But then at the end, I'm like, well, why does everything sound like some nostalgic lo-fi with good 808 beats, you know? And I'm like, well, that's cause that's all I'm doing the same thing every time, you know, you kind of got to find different rhythms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but if it works, it works. Like, you do have a distinct style. I felt like all the stuff you've sent me just kind of meshes and like, it seems cohesive. Even two beats that don't even necessarily sound the same. I was like, yeah, I could, I can definitely tell he made both of these for what reason. Right. It might not even have the same instrumentation on them, but like, there's a certain vibe almost. And to your credit, like you are super accurate in predicting what beats I would jump on. Cause so far, I think everything you've sent me became a song at one point or another. Right. Well, some I'd be a year down the road, small, but they eventually get there. <laughs> some small skill I have, and I've done it in front of Skinny, and I would like to somehow get it on video one day, or maybe make a song making fun of all of y'all. But I, I can do a pretty good impression, like a fake impression of all of y'all rapping, right? So like, yeah. I'll be like, "Oh, this one's like a C.J. Jones beat," and then Skinny's like, "What do you mean?" And I'll be like, "I'm coming through, looking at the night sky." Wonder why, you know, and I could just do like some dumb, like, you know, whatever your type of shit, right? Or like a forgotten one. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is like forgotten one, right? And I'll get like more high energy, you know, like he's like, he does more like a uh, one word rhyme story, like, so like he like really hits them at the shit. And I'll do, and I do a lo- I love doing a Brad impression because I just get on talking about rape and shit. Like I take it way over the top and it's so horrible, <laughs> but it's always really funny. And like me and Skinny yeah. get to enjoy that, but I don't really share that with a lot of people. Um, 
so that's kind of how it happens is I, I can do an impression of y'all and I'm like, well, that means they could probably do it. So I, if I can do an impression of their vocals, I can do an impression of what I think their beats would sound like. Right. That's basically kind of reverse engineering one of our songs. Like Soko, I sent him a beat pack and uh, I even told him, I was like, hey, like half of these are like some, I they sound like preacher beats, you know, like, I don't know. That's just what they yeah. sound like. And like when I'm listening to them, that's what I, I imagine Soko doing some preaching shit on them, you know, like it's because I can imagine that in my head, you know, so that's why they happen. But well, speaking of that, he hit me out of the blue the other day with that. It was like Christian rap song and like in the email, he's like, hey, man, like this might come off a little too Jesus-y or whatever. Like, if you don't like this, for sure, let me know. But here's what I came up with. I listened to it. And I'm like, oh, shit, like. I don't know where this came from, but this is good. I like this a lot, actually. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm everything he's done in the last few months has been really good. Ever since he got his new audio interface. I mean, Garage Rap was good too, but since his audio interface, he's really been stepping it up. And so it's I've definitely an upgrade. I've, and like it's like his vocals sound better, so he cares more also about the lyrics. You know, so it's like a double side, like everything's yeah. just better. Um, so it's good to see. Always fun to see as he's a big supporter of, you know, us around here. So uh, big fan of that, but I see we're here at your, uh, you know, you, I know got to get out of here. So, uh, perfect spot to wrap it up. Um, you know, look out for you on internet friends for also maybe next weekend, you can give me a call. We'll do the quick interview or some shit, um, about our awesome song that is going to be a hit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Peace, bro. It easy, man. I'll actually send you one of those rock songs. Oh yeah. That's on here. Yeah. Send one. We'll play at the end. Just throw that at the end. Perfect. All right, All right, man. Peace. Later.